First of all, Wayne Barton, you are not the first to revisit the football library, but I, I hazarded that you'd come back because you are the most prolific of the many authors that I have here, or as I call it, you're a, your job is to write football books and football pieces. Um, congratulations on the third nephew that you've got. So you've got Freddie, Noah, and who's the other one? Uh, Logan, yeah, he was um, born last week and uh, is at that precious age where he doesn't say anything, he just lays there. So um, the other two are like whirlwinds, so it was a pleasant change to just spend some serene time. Indeed, and mum and baby are doing fine, I guess. Oh, perfect, yeah, it's great. Jolly good. Um, So you've got most of a -a five-a-side team now. Um, And... (laughs) Just another person to buy United tat for. Yeah, well, do you know, um, um, half my family, well, my in-laws are mainly Arsenal and West Ham. Um, my nephew on my side is, is a United fan. He's, he's mad into United. Um, actually, because I did the, the book on George Best earlier this year and the film, he watched the film and he just George Best became his favourite player which is a bit strange for a, for a six year old as you can imagine wanting the name George Best on his um, new United kit but he went, absolutely went mad for George Best and watched everything that he could find about him we took him to Old Trafford for the first time to actually do the stadium tour and everything like that um, I'm, I'm trying to convince uh, my brother-in-law to let me um, make the other two United fans but he's not having it at the minute yeah well, keep going. Maybe if you write 17 more books. Um, just surround <laughs> like this kind of flotilla of United football books written by Wayne Barton or co-written by Wayne Barton. You go, OK, fine, you've made your point. And anyway, United are better than Arsenal. There are th- firstly, firstly, you've got your football library card. So um, you get past Roy Keane at the door and you get past Johnny Nick at the front desk. Johnny Nick has got a new football book out. As we speak on August 26th, we know nothing about it, but comes out in the middle of September. Uh, will you be reading it? Probably. Um, I like Johnny's. He's always quite acerbic, isn't he? And um, he has a sort of cutting take on football. And it's his own voice as well. It's not necessarily something that um, goes along with the narrative that you'd normally... You know what I mean? He sets yeah. his own narrative, and that's what I really like about his writing. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably be um, giving that one a read. He wrote a very good piece about footballers and anti-vaccination and I can't remember if it was him or Johnny Lou, he or Johnny Lou who made the point about footballers being alone most of the time Um, and so they're very susceptible if they're scrolling through their phones they're seeing some anti-vax gubbins. Are you vaccinated fully? Yeah, well um, I had the joy of the sort of four day headaches and everything like that Um, it's it's, it's one of those things because it's I know that we're in this very sort of difficult political landscape, and then it is political for some reason. I don't know why. Um, Who would have is, thought uh, saving people... lives, saving your own life, could be a for and against motive? Well, it, yeah, but at the same time, because I'm one of these people who likes to, I, I like to think I'm tolerant, um, get on with different people, and I, very inclusive. And I don't like, even if people do have different ideas and different opinions on on vaccinations and everything like that um, I can see because I know a lot of intelligent people who are against it um, I don't necessarily agree with their opinion but um, and sometimes it does frustrate me but I do respect their opinion for it um, it's just it's so difficult isn't it you want to sort of say 
the quicker that we can all do this, the quicker we can move forward. But at the same time, I'm not into the sort of beating people down into submission about stuff like that. It's it, because it is so new still. You know what I mean? We're only it feels like it's been a long time, but in the the history of the world, we're only eighteen months into finding out about this, and people are going to have different opinions as different information becomes available. And um, I, I try and be respectful of that, um, but but. Yeah, I'm double vaccinated, um, and if I have to have a third one, I will. I think so. Uh, this will go out in Red Week number two. Uh, you formed Red Week number one with Michael Crick and your good, great mate Paddy Barkley, who I presume is well. Um, yeah, I hope so. I speak to him on a semi-regular basis. Um, he's been doing other stuff mostly through this year, so I haven't had um, the joy of spending that much time with him, but um, I have presented a couple of ideas to him and, and when I, I've talked to him he seems um, in good form I'm also keep up, up to the, through him uh, through his Twitter feed and he keeps having arguments with people yes I, I saw think this he's having arguments then um, it's all good it was about was it about Fulham and the something about the undisclosed fee why is um, why is a player who's just signed been signed for an undisclosed fee it was a Harry Wilson transfer very interesting yeah, no, no, and I, I, well, as always, I do see where Paddy was coming from, but Paddy's one of the, I, I like to think I'm part of this generation, perhaps, um, a generation, this section of, of people who think it's very difficult to make a comprehensive point on, on Twitter because you've got to, the, the very nature of the platform is for brevity and to be concise, so people don't always understand that there's so much more context to the words in a single tweet and I understood what Paddy was saying um, obviously people can take offence to anything when there's such little to go on and um, they did I mean obviously all he was saying as a fan that there should be more clarity from disclosures from football clubs but everyone should agree with that it's a common message I don't understand what was the uproar and I think because there was uproar and because it was such a simple message um, Paddy quite rightly got a bit frustrated with it um, mm-hmm. but that's I think that's when you've got such intelligence when, when people are not treating your comments with that intelligence then um it would wind you up, I guess. I wonder if you've heard of the phrase proper football man, which Johnny Nick actually invented along with Alan Tyres. But I think proper football journalist is something that I've got to examine because I've, I've welcomed some top, top, super top journalists, including yourself, don't be self-effacing, uh, into the library over the last 18 months. Do you know that I spoke to you last on June the 2nd last year? We were knee-deep in knockdown, um, and it was a lovely chat about Barkley and Barton, which was a history of the Premier League era, including the Man City bits, uh, that is all still up there. Do you still get messages from people who are enjoying that show? Yeah, mostly because um, because of the nature of the, the writing that I do, I mostly get people talking about our United shows. But um, when I, I get that, I, I tend to sort of point them in the direction of the, the Premier League podcasts. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. Because it's a lot of content, you know what I mean, that's there for people to listen to. And yeah, you know, we every now and again we get a nice comment about it, which is nice. I mean, it's there. These kind of things, they exist um, because there was nothing to do and we needed something to do in lockdown. And so it existed for our own pleasure and benefit. So if people, it's still there, it's going to stand the test of time um, and it can be added to with one hour of our time every year if we if we so wish to go back and sort of add episodes onto it. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of anything that I do with Paddy because obviously Paddy comes with a, an automatic seal of quality and I just have to do my bit and make sure that I'm well researched and, and well prepared for it. And yeah, it's always nice, always nice for any piece of work for someone to, to give a compliment, but particularly something like that because Paddy, like you said, as far as I'm concerned, he's the greatest um, football writer of all time. Mm. So f- for someone to sort of complement the work that we do together is, um, you know, not just say, Wayne, you really brought that one down. Um, it's just all, you know, it makes me um, really proud. And uh, yes, the Barclay and Barton podcast, they're all on DAT tape in the football library. Um, so you can, <laughs> you can take them down and, and wind through them if you want. Uh, you've got a new book. Um, you're doing a lot of publicity for it, so I don't want to rehearse too much what it is. But uh, the, the Athletic have picked it up. Radio, there's a lot of radio. Uh, but I will particularly put you in the direction, listener, of the Talking Devils podcast. That megawatt smile of Rafael de Silva on the right-hand side of the screen is complemented beautifully by your listening face as you, you lead him on. Do you hope to do some in-person events with the de Silva twins? to promote this book called The Sunshine Kids? I mean, it's going to be very difficult, I'll be honest. If the opportunity arose, then yes, obviously, I'd love to do that. It will be difficult. Rafa is between clubs at the moment. He's still looking for um, something. Uh, if it leads him to England, then great, we could definitely do something. Fabio, as you know, is in, still in France. Um, I would love to do it, short answer, um, long answer, and I don't really think well not long answer I, I don't think it, it, it's really feasible but we are doing as much as we can to sort of get the word out there about the book um, which is I, considering that we're all in different parts of the world is is sort of like a triumph of its of its time I guess because of because of the way that we, we all are based and the fact that we've all got these sort of social platforms to to try and promote it mm-hmm. um, yes Fabio is at Nantes he will play Paris Saint-Germain and their Really, really good forward line, um, let's say, who are probably paid, I don't know, three million pound a week total or no, not quite that. One point seven million pound. I don't know what Messi's earning. a week. I think Messi's earning a million a week. Neymar must be half a million. Mbappe must be half a million. And then you've got uh, Di Maria who can't get in that team. Um, but yeah, Raphael, a free agent, having played for Istanbul, Basak Shea here. Odd, because he had a two year deal and it was cut short. Did he tell you why? No, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, not the ins and outs of, of the uh, thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he considers going there as one of the best decisions he ever made in his career, uh, principally because he played against United again and he got the opportunity to sort of go back to Old Trafford and, and spend time with um, Sir Alex Ferguson. So, But he, he loves Istanbul, his family loves Istanbul, Um I, I gather that there was some kind of complication there at the club, but he, he loves the country and I don't think he's averse to staying there. Um, but I'm in the dark as anyone when it comes to, to what his next move will be. And obviously um, this will go out at the beginning of October. Um, just before I talk to Brendan Maguire, who wrote a brilliant book about uh, Best, Law and Charlton, mm. the three degrees as they're called, famously. You're in the middle of this Talk of the Devils series as well on Manchester United managers. Football taught by, and you've obviously dug up all your Tommy Doc research. But I wanted to pick you up on this. Van Gaal, the worst football, but the most tactically diverse. 
uh, in and we're going to see that, I guess, as Holland romp towards World Cup victory as Van Gaal's last hurrah, or not. <laughs> by di- yeah, okay. So by diverse, I mean the very definition of the word. I'm not talking about the interest in in that. I'm talking about the fact that he tries different things, um, and nobody can say. The, the, the proof is there. He, he tried so many different things within two years that um, it was the most diverse. Um, it wasn't rarely successful, don't get me wrong, but um, and I, I, I don't know if it will be with Holland because he seems to have... I, I don't know, but I feel, I feel when I look at it, I'm not sure how, how good a relationship Bangal can really cultivate with a modern footballer because... Um, things have changed so much and he's from that generation where I, I'm not sure if his methods of communication are the most effective as, as you know from reading the book and his relationship with Raphael um, so I do I don't not really I do have some kind of concern that I don't think he will be a great Holland manager this time around but in terms of what he did at United yeah like I said the football arguably the worst say arguably, it always comes with an asterisk because I think Mourinho on balance was probably worse. Um, some slim pickings to pick from there, John A, I'll tell you. Um, but, um, Stick it in a book because you've written about uh, mainly the 70s and 80s, but you're moving towards the present day with the De Silva twins. You're into the 2010s, which is almost no, I've, I, nosebleed territory I, for you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, I've already written a book on the post, Sir Alex. Oh, of course, yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and it does cover all of that, and it covers everything in in great, great detail. I've, I've gone, and, and a lot of that was written in in the moment. You know, I was writing it as I was going along, so it, it wasn't all with the benefit of hindsight. It was a book that took five years to write because I was writing it like through the entire time, and and it was done with that in mind. You know, that I wanted to make sure that I was writing it, that I was present. It wasn't all done with the benefit of saying this was this was the right decision and this was the wrong decision. I'm not saying it was all written in present tense. Obviously, it's not. It's written as, as a full book in one voice. Um, but yeah, it, it, all of that sort of era is sort of crystallised there. The, the Moyes disaster, the Van Gaal era, the Mourinho era, all of that, uh, all of my assessment of that is in, in one book. And, you know, it, it's one of those, because it's because it reflects on a difficult period of United, I think that it's going to take United being successful again before people in the main go back and read that because it's, you know, all the reviews have been positive, but it's like this is a bit of a difficult read considering what we're watching at the moment. Um, But I find it fascinating, Johnny, because football is football. You know, United have won 20 league titles. Yes, they're the most successful team in the history of England. I know we're supposed to be talking about the DeSilva Twins, but you've got me started on this. So 20 league titles in 150 years of English football. It's not, you know, they don't win the title every year. They win it every few years. So there's going to be peaks and troughs. And obviously there's two concentrated eras of success, the Busby and Ferguson eras. United don't have a divine right. And like you said, I've talked about the, they have a divine right to success, I should say. Um, I've gone over the different eras, the Docky eras, the Atkinson era. So it is interesting to me the rebuild. The sort of you know even when I'm watching it and the football isn't isn't great, the actual dynamics of what are going on at the at the club they are interesting. And it was interesting to write that and go over it. And when you look at it, that's why I say that about Van Gaal. Yes, it was dreadful to watch, 
but tactically he tried things, especially because United are traditionally 4-4-2. I know that's changed a little bit now. It's 4-2-3-1. But maybe that's only been necessary because of what Van Gaal did. He ripped up everything at United for, for better or worse and in the main for the worse. But he, he tried something that had never been done. That's why it was tactically diverse. He was trying three-man defences and he was really trying with it. Tried diamond midfields and he went with that for a while. Um, everyone remembers Fellaini as the false nine, <laughs> which um, was an experiment of his own. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that he was a successful diversity, but it was diverse nonetheless. And if, if people appreciate that for what it was, that you know, he, he tried these different things, even though they weren't successful, then yes... Um, from a, a very literal point of view, it was the the most diverse era tactically for United. I'm desperately trying to find the title of the book. Is it Life After Fergie? Uh, it's Red Print. It's one of the many books that you've written. Um, I want to dwell... Well, do that now, just as a like palate cleanser after all that Van Gaal Mourinho <laughs> stuff. I didn't know about this book, Peach. There's, there's information on your website, but this is a novel, completely separately. Are you going to write another novel? How has Peach been received... Um, the reviews for it have been good for, for people who read it, but because my audience is a, a football United audience, it's been difficult to sort of get the the right the right audience for it. Basically, um, the, the people, my publisher, really liked it when I sent it to him. Obviously, that's why he published it. Um, and I was lucky in a sense that my publisher was a United fan, actually based in Michigan. Oh, great! And um, so he just sort of. That's why, I think, not why, I think it got me a foot in the door where he just went, oh, I'll just give it a chance, and he read it, and, he, you know, he was really excited about it, and, you know, that I was. it was a story that I'd always wanted to write. I mean, obviously, I've always wanted to be an author, but, but you know, 50% of that was, I want to be a story writer. I want to tell, um, I want to write fiction. That's what I think every kid um, who wants to be an author sort of sets out on the road to... Um, and it just, you know, I fell into this sort of lucky, um, this lucky role of being a United writer. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd always wanted to write a fiction. This fiction story had been in my head for years. Like everyone always says, oh, they've got a film in them and an idea or something. So I, I wrote this story. It got published. Um, I was lucky with some connections I had. Um, I was writing the autobiography, working with Charles Baker, the actor from Breaking Bad. And he was a musician. He's a musician as well. Well, he's multi multi talented in very many different regards. Um, he said that he would be happy to help out doing a sound, an original soundtrack for it. So we um, we worked on that. And you know, for what it was, I mean, it just remind. I got reminded today that um, there's something that came up about the last bookstore in LA. It's the most Instagrammed bookstore in the world oh, because. Wow. It's absolutely beautiful. And I, at the time, I remember thinking, oh, wouldn't it be good if we had a book launch there um, and, and if Charles could perform some of the songs there? And it actually happened. We did it in, like, November 18, um, when the book came out. Um, it, there wasn't a big audience there, but the, the bookstore put it on. So we had the, it's the most famous bookstore in the world, and we had a, I had a book launch there for, for my novel. And, yeah, you know, it hasn't been... 
a big success. People who've read it have been very kind about it. I, I did write a sequel to it, but I'm not sure if it will ever get published. Do it, there. do it, do it. I'll set up a publishing house. Football, I actually thought this the other day, the Football Library publications, just for the orphaned books that have been sitting on people's hard drives. Um, <laughs> even even though it's nothing to do with football, but yeah. If um, it's got, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I'll have put all of Johnny, well, Johnny Nick is member of staff at the Football Library, so all of his many books, uh, I think there's a series of 15 crime thrillers. Is it Nick, good guy? What's the name of the protagonist? Something guy. <laughs> um, like Dominic, bad guy from the Muppets. Uh, but yeah, I think people should be directed towards fiction. I only mention it because Duncan Hamilton has put out a book called Injury Time that no one seems to be talking about, but it's Duncan Hamilton. One of the big football literature guys. And he probably wants to distract himself from how badly his football team are doing. Who would have known that Chris Hewton and his functional football wouldn't bring Nottingham Forest joy, even at the start of this season? Um, But, yeah, I'll quickly ask you, uh, football fiction, uh, have you read any? Would you write football fiction? (laughs) disinterested in it I remember that Steve Bruce did a yes. series didn't he and he got much derided but I'd love to read that but the books are so expensive um, I don't suppose you've got a couple of copies in your library there <laughs> you know I, I will I need to email Alex Bruce and see if he's got one or seven because I'm sure if I yeah. if I give Alex Bruce a go because yes um, Frank Lampard's written a whole series of kids books Theo Walcott has written a, a big series and uh, hopefully this December I'll be talking to a lot of authors of kids' books. Ben Littleton and Alex Bellos have written their great series, which I'm sure uh, your nephews would enjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know Ben Littleton's work. Um, The kids do tend to read um, books like that, and they, well, every kid does, don't they? And it's one of those weird things because making that crossover into football literature for kids is um, no, it's not something that I would ever do because I don't have the expertise to do that. I don't have the brain to sort of connect it. But um, I've never never been one to sort of pick up a football kids book. But um, I'm aware that they exist and they look pretty entertaining. So with them getting so into into it, maybe I'll I'll get some for the nephews. Well, this is a segue of sorts. There's a book called Keeper by the great Mal Pete, an award-winning book, and it's set in Brazil because it's about a mysterious goalkeeper. It's basically Field of Dreams, but in, in Brazil. And it's an astonishing story. I wonder if the De Silva twins are aware of it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if they're that interested in, in books. Um, it was by chance, really, that they sort of agreed to do this. It was only because someone sort of threw a tweet at Rafa saying, um, well, they threw a tweet at me. So I, I shared a tweet about... Um, one of Rafa's goals, and someone had said, "Well, you should work with him on a book." And Rafa then followed me on Twitter, and I thought, "Oh, hang on, this he might actually ask, um, or he might want to talk about it." And he did, but his wife had, had to. I think he, when someone had sort of said that to him, when they'd said, "Oh, you should do a book together," I, I don't think he entertained the idea at all. But his wife had actually said to him, "No, do you know what? You should take that seriously. You should actually talk to Wayne and see what he thinks." Um, and he did, and we, we did it like that. So I'm not sure if they had any existing care for books. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not saying that they they don't. Maybe maybe they do. Um, but my my interpretation of it is that they they weren't really interested in in reading books um, beforehand. 
And I think that it looks great on the shelf. It's priced nineteen ninety nine. It's a pitch publication, so Paul and Jane have done their bit. Um, and it would be great for me, as we'll discuss in the second half, to call myself a pitch author as well. From Kids to Champions uh, is a book that I'm in the middle of. And uh, Raphael and Fabio came through the youth system in as much as they played with the reserves for a bit. And the reserve coach in the late 2000s was called... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, yeah. Um, Fabio spent more time with him. And uh, obviously they reunited when Fabio went to Cardiff as well. Um, Ole had um, just retired that the previous summer because of the knee injuries that plagued the latter half of his career. Um, he'd famously sort of come back for a swan song his last season, played like 30-odd games and scored, probably scored over 10 goals, if I'm, if I'm right. One of the most emotional moments in, in my life of being a United fan was when Solskjaer came back after maybe two full years out. And he came on as a sub and he scored at the Valley <laughs> and a tapping in a, in a 3-0 win. So it really, it was inconsequential. But then he bowed to the fans, you know, were chanting him, and I thought, I, I, I get emotional thinking about it now. And it was such a, like I said, inconsequential goal in the grand scheme of things, but because of what it meant. Yeah, and, and you know, Fabio and Rafa, they speak very highly of him. Um, I'm very much Oli in, not to the point of being blind um, to his faults. What I will say is there's a lot of people saying, oh, well, he shouldn't mean more. Like it would mean more to you if we won because Solly won, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, of course it would. Of course, it means more if 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 we win because Solly's the manager because he's a club legend and he's been through so much. Yeah, obviously it means more. Why wouldn't it? If if any club legend became the manager of the club and guided them to glory, that's what football is about, <laughs> do you know? And, and people yeah. sort of deride you for it, um, but they they loved him. They, they absolutely loved him. They're very um, supportive of him as manager at the moment. Fabio is convinced that we'll, they'll, we'll actually challenge for the title this season. And, you know, I wish I shared that optimism. They speak very, very highly of him as a man manager. And um, they talk about, you know, he's obviously, obviously he's got in-game intelligence, but they talk about, you know, how he develops relationship with players and speaks to them as human beings, which... Um, Surprisingly, some of his predecessors did not. Mm. I I don't know who you mean, but enough <laughs> about him, the Roma manager. I wish him well. He got another payoff last year. That's his. It's, he's a he's a con artist. This guy. This man. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to slander him, but he he's made more money through redundancy packages than he ever did for actually managing football clubs. Something. I, I don't know. No, I'm not going to get myself in trouble. Um, one one book that you can't write is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's biography because Jamie Jackson's done it, Stepping on Your Turf. Jamie also wrote a book about the Van Gaal Moyes era, uh, which is not as good as yours. I remember being almost bored with it. It was a reporter's book. Whereas you, because... I don't know if you know, Jamie. I think you're, you write because you, you're, you're in the weeds of the club. I enjoy your work more than Jamie's. Oh, th- thank you. I, you know, Jamie's book on Ollie's pretty good. Um, there's a very small handful of topics I wouldn't go over because they've been done so well. And, you know, it could well be the case. There was a couple of biographies that have been written about Ollie as well. There was the one um, one that was sort of rushed into production after he just became manager. And it was basically an old biography that had been repackaged with a... So, like, footnote about his first two months as manager of United. Do you know what I mean? That's all it, 
sort of included. Jamie, I know Jamie well. Um, We've done some podcasts together in the past, and he um, obviously been at The Guardian for a long time. He also wrote some fiction uh, stuff as well. But the, um, I, I tend to agree with what you say about the the, um, the the Van Gogh book. It was a reporter's book. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there was a place for it. Um, and it was an interesting sort of take on, on that. I think it, it struck me as a book that started out as something and became something different because mm. of the fact that there was a lot of different things happening at United. And that, that's the nature of writing a book, as I'm sure that you're aware now, if you're, if you're going through that process, what starts out as, a, as one idea quickly changes into another. And, and certainly the, the events at United probably dictated a lot of change in that. Um, I think it was probably going to be something completely about Moyes and then turned into to this Van Gaal story which sort of grew its own legs um, I, I, you know people have different styles um, I'm, I'm appreciative of what you said about um, you know my work there as I always am Johnny but um, you know I, I think there's a place for, for different things there's lots of books being written all the time and you know yeah you're right um, I seem to feel sometimes very self-conscious of the fact that I'm writing so much but then at the same time it like you said earlier, it's, it's my job. That's what I do. Um, I haven't finished writing one. I've got to write another because that's what puts food on Indeed. the table. So I can't can't apologise for doing it. And and I love doing it. I've said in the past many times that you know, if I had the opportunity to do it, and um, if publishers were interested in it, and if there were people still wanting to read it, I'd write books about every single player that ever play, played for United. Why would I not want to do that? It's an actual living dream to be able to do something like that. I, I would never say never about doing a Solskjaer book, by the way, because um, he was one of my favourite players. I'm saying one of my favourite players. They're all your favourite players, right? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, Solskjaer, especially if he wins something, what a nice sort of um, way to conclude a book that would be. Um, but I don't have any plans at the moment to do anything like that and um, certainly not to step on Jamie's toes because I, I do think I know he did a lot of good research for the, the Ollie book um, yeah yeah because I know the lengths he went to I know the, um, the contacts that he tried to make in Norway with different people so um, it was definitely very well researched and when, when something has been as well researched as that everything else is subjective right mm-hmm. you know you, you write something and, and the person who receives it and, and reads it is going to have their own opinion about it but if you can say that he obviously is a talented writer and he, he researched it well he reached it researched it well then that's all you can ask of someone um uh, when they're writing a non-fiction book so um a long-winded way to say that i really respect jamie and what he does uh, but also thank you for, for your um kind words as well uh, the books are a season in the red and the recent one is the red apprentice Although it seems to have a different title in America called The Natural. That's very strange. And I've just found out that he's got a bachelor's in film and theatre. So maybe he's an actor. But my bias towards you, Wayne Barton, I think it's because you've been in the library twice. Jamie's been too busy. <laughs> oh, well, I've always got time. If, if that helps sort of grease the palm of compliments, <laughs> then... There's a, yeah, know, there's, 